Good morning from the newsroom of the Financial Times. Today is Thursday, October 18th, and this is your FT News Briefing. Today we'll be looking at the latest from the EU summit in Brussels, how the feds define President Trump, and why some people worry the U.S. president is letting Saudi Arabia off the hook. I'm Amy Keene. And I'm Eric Krupke, and here's the news you need to start your day. The European Council convened in Brussels on Wednesday for the first of a two-day summit. And at a working dinner on Wednesday evening, EU leaders shelved plans for a special Brexit summit next month. It was meant to be the next step in finalizing a Brexit deal between the UK and the EU. But the leaders said they were waiting for Prime Minister Theresa May to make a decisive move in the negotiations. Among the questions to be answered by May and her cabinet, how to deal with the so-called Irish backstop, and how long the transition period could be after the UK leaves the EU. It looks like EU negotiators are preparing for a disorderly Brexit, even after a late offer from Mrs. May to consider keeping Britain locked in the EU beyond 2020. On Tuesday night, President Trump spoke with the Fox Business Network, and he had some words for Fed Chairman Jay Powell. Our biggest threat is the Fed, because the Fed is raising rates too fast, and it's independent, so I don't speak to him, uh-huh. but I'm not happy with what he's doing. because. But despite Trump's attack on the Fed, the central bank is sticking to its plans for further interest rate rises. On Wednesday, the Fed released the minutes from its September board meeting, and some policymakers said a fourth rate rise might happen before the end of the year. There was even talk of pushing borrowing costs into restrictive territory in order to prevent inflation. I just want to find out what's happening. In the Oval Office yesterday, President Trump spoke about the apparent killing of journalist Jamal Khashoggi. He disappeared two weeks ago after he entered the Saudi Arabian consulate in Istanbul. And despite mounting suspicions that Saudi Arabia was responsible for Khashoggi's death, Trump still hasn't publicly criticized the country's leadership. I'm not giving cover at all. Uh, With that being said, Saudi Arabia has been a very important ally of ours in the Middle East. Yesterday, Turkish officials said there's audio of Khashoggi being tortured and killed. We have asked for it. If it exists, we have asked for it. Uh, I'm not sure yet that it exists. Probably does. Possibly does. Uh, Trump's reluctance to hold Mohammed bin Salman and his father King Salman accountable is causing some to worry that he's ready to let them off the hook. If you look at Saudi Arabia, they're an ally and they're a tremendous purchaser of not only military equipment, but other things. When I went there, they committed... And here's something you might want to know more about. As the European Council meetings continue today in Brussels, a major point of conversation is migration. Leaders are expected to talk about how to deal with the huge influx of migrants from outside the EU, many of them now living without documents. It's hard to know how big this so-called shadow population is, but some estimated there were between 1.9 and 3.8 million people in 2008, and the population's only gotten larger. And as the population grows, so does the anti-migrant sentiment. The FT's Michael Peel spoke with one migrant, he calls Lenise, who now fears for her future. Lenise is from Venezuela, and she left about 10 years ago. And the reason for that, as she described it, was that things were getting harder and harder. It was the later years of President Hugo Chavez's rule, and there was a sense of an approaching political and economic crisis, which unfortunately has blown up since then, as we all know. And uh, she had a terrible experience. Her father was killed by a criminal gang. And so she says that she 
decided to leave because it was just too stressful. And she decided to go to Spain because a friend of hers lived in Barcelona and suggested she come. And so she went on a tourist visa. So she arrived legally as a tourist and then just stayed. So her story is really quite typical of, of quite a number of the people in Europe's so-called shadow population who have arrived by legal means, either on a tourist visa or maybe a work visa or a spouse family visa. But then their circumstances change or the visas expire and uh, they become irregular and they, uh, they fall out of the system. And how have EU governments been dealing with this undocumented population? The governments have started to use more aggressive language and started to just say, well, we are going to remove people who are not supposed to be here. In Italy, the new government there has, has pledged to remove hundreds of thousands of people, which it says are irregular. problem there is that in many cases, it's quite difficult to return people. And the reasons for this are, for example, that irregular migrants may not have papers because they have lost them or they have destroyed them, or they may have papers which Uh, ostensibly show them to be a national of a certain country, but that country, for whatever reason, won't accept those papers as valid and may say that they've been forged or, or whatever. And so there's a long and ongoing political battle between the EU and countries outside the EU to which it tries to return people. And the EU has tried to use a mixture of carrot and stick through developing relationships with these countries. But at the same time, it's recently started to take some harsher measures, such as, for example, threatening to limit the visas that government officials from countries that it deems to be not cooperative in taking returns. And the idea is that this will concentrate the minds of, of bureaucrats in these countries to actually uh, offer more help. And what's been the economic impact of this shadow population on EU countries? Well, that is very difficult to measure. What can be said is that an argument that some cities are making, which is to bring irregular migrants more into the system, includes an, an economic side. And the, there are several dimensions to this. For example, cities such as Barcelona um, and, and others around Europe argue that If irregular migrants are completely outside of the system, then uh, that's not only bad for them, but it's bad both socially and economically. For example, they may not report crimes because they fear that if they do so, they, the police might investigate their immigration status and, the, and they'll be deported. If they are ill, they may not go to the hospital for the same reasons. And so they could have a condition which is perhaps easily treatable, but if left to fester, it can turn into a major illness and require emergency treatment, which again is bad for them and also more expensive for the health service. And then if irregular migrants can be brought into the system and their job status becomes more legal, then they will also come into the tax system. And so the government will then get tax revenues, which it would not have done before if they were just working completely outside of the system. You can read more on all of these stories at FT.com. And today on the site, we'll be looking at Blackstone. The private equity group is due to report third quarter earnings this morning before trading begins in New York. This has been your daily FT News Briefing. Make sure you check back tomorrow for all the latest business news. 
Step onto the legendary clay courts of Roland Garros, where the world's best players battle it out for a chance to win the French Open title. Tennis Channel Plus is your place to watch. Stream every court from your phone or smart TV, live in HD. Don't miss a moment with daily live coverage and match replays on demand, beginning Monday, May 20th. Be there for all the unforgettable moments. Stream now with Tennis Channel Plus. Hi, this is Janice Torres from Yo Quiero Dinero. If you own or operate a business, whether it's a local operation or a global corporation, partnering with Bank of America could be your smartest move. By teaming with Bank of America, you'll enjoy exclusive digital tools, award-winning insights, and business solutions so powerful, you'll make every move matter. Position your business to capitalize on opportunity in a moment's notice. Visit bankofamerica.com slash bankingforbusiness to learn more. What would you like the power to do? Bank of America N.A. Copyright 2024.